I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 134 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, thank you so much for all your comments and feedback on my Super Bowl Media Day podcast. It was a tremendous honor for me to be on the field asking questions about fatherhood and family life to the likes of Tom Brady. So if you missed it, please go back one and check out the Super Bowl Media Day special. Today, I have a very exciting guest to bring you. He is the number one influencer, according to Forbes. He is also known as the king of social media. Brandon Hampton will be here with me in just a minute, so please stick around for the interview. Wednesday on the show, Andrew Silito, the former professional hockey player and best-selling author, will be here. Friday, Navy SEAL Stu Smith joins me for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. And stick around until the end of today's podcast. I will be making a special guest announcement at the end of today's show. He is a former WWE superstar, also a first-class father. You don't want to miss who it is. Stick around until the end of today's podcast. And if you haven't done so yet, get over to nfwonline.com and check out the amazing collection of watches. Use my promo code FATHER and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 15% off their entire order. Get free shipping inside the U.S. and $50 of every order will go right towards Honor Flight, which is helping our World War II veterans. Okay, so thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast all the way here. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I will be right back in a second here, joined by Brandon Hampton. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father. He is rated by Forbes as the number one influencer. He has also been called the king of social media. He is the CEO of Elevator Studio. He's got somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 million followers on his own personal social media accounts. It is a big privilege for me to say, Brandon Hampton, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thank you for having me. All right, let's do this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have three kids. They are 17, 14, and 7. Awesome. What type of sports or activities are they into? So... Um, our oldest is 17. He is now a uh, skateboarder, but uh, he, he played soccer for about 10 years. Uh, his name is Isaiah. Our daughter, Madison, is uh, 14. Oh, and I'll also mention that Isaiah is now actually it's not, not a sport, but his, his extracurricular activity is uh, he's playing piano. And our daughter, Madison, danced for about 10 years. She's since taken a break. Uh, she's, you know, got a little exhausted by the intensity of her, her dance. She's just started taking voice lessons. And then Ben, uh, our seven-year-old, uh, was playing soccer, and he took a break from that. He has been dancing for three years, and he's also doing piano lessons. Very cool. Do you get in there and coach at all, or do you cheer them on from the sideline? I'm, uh, I'm a sideline guy. I, I like to, uh, you know, just 
spend as much time as I can. Um, you know, I like to go to the practices and I like to be involved in that and fully engaged, but not the coach. I'm the, I'm the sideline guy. <laughs> All right, please, Brandon, hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. So I've been doing social media for about 11 years. I got into the space very, very, very early. I now have two different agencies. One is a cannabis marketing agency. The other is a non-cannabis, you know, everything else kind of bucket agency where we do celebrity social media influencer uh, activations. We own a production company, so we create contents and we're in the business of getting eyeballs on brands and products. Yeah, and I see you have been tagged with that title, the king of social media, and that is one area of difficulty that I speak about quite a bit on the show here. Um, so how do you handle social media time, technology time, and video game time with your kids? Yeah, <clears throat> it's interesting because me and my wife just had a, a recent discussion. I feel like it, it's weird because this discussion comes up often, and it's an ever-evolving discussion. So... With our with our seven year old, he is streaming on Twitch. So it's kind of one of those you know things where he'll give a a little speech about video games being his job, which you know he tries to get the uh, extra time in. But we probably allow a total of maybe two hours a day on video games. Some days we do a cold break and just say, ah, you know, we had a busy day with piano and school, not today. So we do take complete breaks from from technology with them. Uh, our son that is seven does not, I mean, he has his own device. It's an older phone of ours that is not activated. So he can still download games and play stuff, but he doesn't use it in the car. They don't use them in restaurants. Uh, so, you know, we try to optimize the off time um, and, and make it efficient to them. And, and not even as a punishment, like, hey, no more technology. It's just like, let's use our time for other creative stuff. Yeah, my kids are crazy with the Fortnite. And also, like many other kids, they want to be YouTubers. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm actually here doing this podcast. But so many people are out there trying to hit the YouTube jackpot. What advice do you have for parents out there who are trying to create an online presence, either for themselves or for their kids, and how can they uh, grow their following on social media? Absolutely. So this is fresh in my mind because I had a conversation with Isaiah, who is our 17-year-old, about it just yesterday. Um, when you are trying to create something, whether it's a, a social media following, a business idea, a presence somewhere, you cannot go surface level. And what I mean by that is if you are going to start, let's say, a gaming channel because you brought up Fortnite, you cannot just say, I'm starting a gaming channel. The deeper that you go into that and the more specialty that you are, the bigger and also more engaged that your audience is going to be. So what I mean by that is I'm a gamer, okay, maybe the second level is I only play console games. And maybe beyond that, it's like I only play sports games. Um, or um, I am not just creating gaming videos, I'm, key, I'm creating gaming videos where I troll other people online, and that's my specialty. Um, really, it just comes down to everything else. Like if you're trying to create a, a social media presence and you're a personal trainer, guess what? Everybody's a personal trainer, it seems. So what do you do? Well, I teach, um, you know, multiple-time mothers how to lose weight. That is a specialty. And the people who are specialists, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on social media, or whether you're in the real world, the people who have very direct, specific specialties are the ones who are succeeding. So what you first have to identify is, who am I? 
and go as deep as you can on that. And then who am I targeting? That way you can message your content around reaching them better. Well said. How about discipline, Brandon? What type of uh, disciplinarian are you as a dad? Sure. So we, uh, we are big proponents of having open discussions in our household. I don't think that there's much information that everybody in the house is not privy to. I would say that our, our children have a great deal of respect for us, but it's a two-way street. Our house has a structure. Um, I'll relate to uh, the movie Mean Girls when, it, you know, it's like the, the, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cool mom. Uh, it's like where I'm a cool mom and a cool dad. We're, we're like their friends. We're very, you know, modern. We're very hip. We're, you know, I do social media for a living. So you can imagine like how in tune we are with everything pop culture related. I mean, we, we have a group chat with our family where we send memes to, I mean, what, what, you know, parents can say that about having a relationship with, with their kids. And my wife and I are very young. So what, what I'm getting at is that we have a structure and we have rules, and as long as they're followed, then there is a mutual respect, and we're almost like friends. I think the foundation of a good relationship is for husband and wife to be friends, and I think a good foundation for parenting is to have rules but still be friends with your children. Um, most of the time, if there is a, a disciplinary issue um, in the household, then people are going to lose privileges, and if somebody does something that's way out of whack and, 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 and very, very wild, that could result in uh, a belt, and I don't care how old you are. Very cool. I like that philosophy. I know that you mentioned in there that you're a cannabis investor. I've seen that on your Instagram page as well. Marijuana is so much more accepted now than it was when I was growing up. How do you feel about marijuana being legal and kids having much easier access to it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, regulators are doing a great job of making this a black box. Um, I think that the difference is now that they're that they're kind of going into this new market with making it not children friendly you're not allowed to market flavors anymore i mean you know jewels in a lot of trouble right now because they're creating these kid-like fragrances and scents and and, and uh, tastes and they're just not going to be allowed to do that i think that the way that you're allowed to market is different back in the day with cigarettes i mean you had joe camel and you know he's, he's all these, you know, the Marlboro Man was like riding his horse into every cool party. Like, you don't, you're not going to get that with cannabis. Um, you'll get some lifestyle stuff happening, you know, rappers and music videos and whatever else. But like, you can't really prevent that. But from a general marketing standpoint, they, they, they shouldn't be and can't be marketing to kids. But um, when, when kids become adults and they make an active decision to say, hey, um, I want to smoke or I want to eat or I want to consume cannabis in some form, whether it's THC or CBD, they should be educated properly. And if they're educated properly and they decide that they do or don't want to, that opinion should be respected because guess what? Every day someone's dying from alcohol. Every day somebody is dying from heroin. But every day cannabis is saving somebody's life from a medicinal standpoint. So I am absolutely pro-cannabis. And uh, I just think that, you know, they should stay away from marketing to kids. Uh, because it is, you know, a decision that they need to make once they're old enough to make that decision on their own. All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think it's very important what you said about alcohol as well. I'm a recovering alcoholic. And I think that alcohol should be treated the same way as cigarettes have been treated in the sense that uh, they shouldn't be allowed to advertise and market the way that they do. I mean, most of the commercials we see uh, make it look like it's such a, a happy celebration. Everyone's having a good time, but it's really all just an illusion. The reality is, you know, it's destroying lives. It's taking lives. But one good thing about all the technology and, and alcohol is that this generation of kids, they're not drinking and driving anywhere near the way that we did when I was their age. Uh, they're all using Uber. They're all using Lyft. And that is one of the, you know, I drive Uber on the weekends. And that is one of the most encouraging things to see is the college kids right now. They're all using Uber and Lyft. Yeah, I mean, if you get a DUI in this day and age, you're an idiot, and, and you deserve the penalty and the time that it takes to go through the classes and stuff. But on that on that note that you just made about alcohol almost being celebrated, I mean, I can't explain how fucking mind-boggling it is to me that you see, you know, this company does a deal with this executive and whatever, and right, and then you see the cover of every publication, and it's two guys cheering a champagne glass, and that's that's looked at as like that's cool and this is a billion dollar transaction then elon musk gets on joe rogan's podcast and hits a joint and they're like burn him on the cross and they're like he needs to be taken down as you know chairman of this company and it's a public company and it's stock tanks and it's like wait a minute what i don't understand if what is what is the difference besides alcohol being inherently worse for you <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And we just had the Super Bowl and all the commercials. I mean, listen, it's bad enough that for the millions of us that do struggle with alcoholism, that we have to see that big neon sign with the ice cold beer printed on it everywhere you go. But every sporting event that you watch, the commercials always have some hot girl in a bikini drinking a beer. It's always a celebration. But I'll tell you, on the weekends, when I'm driving Uber until the bars close, it doesn't look anything like it does in the commercials. It is a shit show out there. Absolutely. Most like you're you're one of the few that probably still drive at night because every driver that I talk to, I always ask about their crazy stories. And they're like, this, you're, I'm picking you up at 4 a.m. to go to the airport because I don't drive at night anymore. <laughs> yeah, I've always hustled a cab on the weekends way before Uber came into the picture. Um, all right. You've been rated by Forbes as the number one influencer, also called the king of social media. But who influences you online? Who do you kind of follow or pay attention to? You know, I like to I like to draw inspiration from all of the people that are having success. Um, I don't think it's any one person. I think that I'm just very observant, and I like to I like to think that technology moves so quickly that somebody is always going to catch the next thing or the next strategy or the next you know whim before I do. So I just kind of collect different strategies and stuff from other people. But I mean, I'm 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 inspired by people all of the time and it's usually just people doing something creative like the kids who created this egg, you know, thing on Instagram. I mean, that that's a great idea. I'm mad that it wasn't me that came up with it, but it it empowers everybody else to think outside the box and and you know, they built this 7 million follower account off this world record egg thing and uh, you know, now they're probably going to be set for the rest of their lives creating this, you know, this thing um, and, and building around it with products and, and entity and then using that leverage to be able to go to Nike or Ford and say, hey, I, I'm the one who did the world record egg thing. You should be paying me this massive sum to, uh, to, to consult for you because you guys need the creative ideas because you don't have them. Um, so I draw inspiration from everywhere, not one specific thing. 
Yeah, it is amazing what is capable with these devices here. The possibilities are endless. And depending on who you follow, you can pick up so much valuable information, some valuable knowledge, all for free. But on the other hand, you know, social media can be really devastating, especially to a young mindset. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we monitor at, at a high level. But here's the thing is even even our youngest son, it's, it's so impossible to mask from you know profanity and it's so mask so hard to mask from positive messages so i think that the foundation of how you raise your kids teaching i I hate to sound cliche when i say teaching them the difference between right and wrong but just teaching them how to be a good person what is acceptable in your household and what is not and then letting them out into the wild to fend for themselves because if for example for me i cuss but I don't, I don't go out of my way to cuss, and I don't have to cuss in every conversation. But if it, if it feels like it, it would, it would, um, it would put a point across a little bit better or whatever, and it just comes out naturally, then I do it. Now, my kids don't cuss, and they're not allowed to. But as they get older, if they, if they choose to use that in their vocabulary when they get older, and they feel the same way about it that I feel, then great. If they don't, then they don't. But we are teaching them to think for themselves. We're teaching them what's right and wrong at this age. And then they, you know, but but I can't avoid every F word in a rap song, and I can't always change the channel or put a different movie on when the kids are in the room. So for them to consume information doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to use that information or abuse that information. And that could be a cuss word. That could be, um, you know, something that they see on a movie. It could be violence. It could be, you know, uh, uh, an R-rated movie that, for that matter. So Instagram and social media and everything else is just the same. It's like it's really hard to mask or help your kids avoid that. So I think it's just better to teach them harder than try to be a bigger filter. Well said. All right, Brandon, you have had so much success already. What kind of goals do you have set for yourself for the future? Any more kids coming your way? What's next for you? Well, we're we're both, my wife and I, 35 years old, and we have a 17-year-old and a seven-year-old, and then one in between. We are definitely done because we, <laughs> we if you do the math, we are, going to be, uh, we are going to be off the hook very, very, very early in our lives, and for that, we are very, very excited. Um, we do not plan to have any more kids. As, you know, uh, as far as, like, what our goals are, you know, we switched to a plant-based diet about a year and a half ago. We just hired a new nutritionist, so we're, we are going to continue to learn and get as much information as we can about our bodies and how to properly optimize them from everything from the nutrition side to the anti-aging side. Um, We are creating a lot more content together. So I think that what we've learned from different posts on our social media is that people like me independently, people like my wife independently, our kids independently, but when we take content together, people consume that and engage with it at a higher rate. So we've got a family photographer now um, going to be asked video content soon and then with my businesses i mean you know i'm I'm building uh i'm building an empire and little by little every year whether it's last year this year or next just goes into that um you know bigger grand scheme of things and one day it'll be exactly what we want it to be but it's just uh a lot of work every single day towards that so cool all right last thing i'm going to hit you with here brandon i love to ask all the dads that i get on the podcast what type of advice could you give to that new dad or to that about to be father who's out there listening the biggest advice that i will give is a don't be so protective b teach them 
do not do for them. That is probably the most valuable piece of parenting information that I have to give, period, about almost any topic, is if you prepare them to do it themselves, if you teach them and give them the tools and the information to figure it out on their own, they will. And it will it will do them much, much better later in life because it teaches them to be resourceful. I think that, you know, out of all the skills that a person can have, being resourceful is one because it's an agnostic skill. You might have a super, super, you know, IQ, uh, you know, high intelligence child. You might have a, a child that maybe is not so bright on the IQ side, but is better on the EQ side, emotional intelligence. So they interact and they're just this bright light in the room, but maybe they don't do so well in school. Either way or anywhere in between is perfectly fine. Everybody comes in different shapes and sizes and, and follow different places on that scale. And the only thing is, is that either of those types of kids or anywhere in between will benefit from resourcefulness because they either, A, will have the intuition to figure it out through logic. They will use emotion to kind of walk themselves through it. But being resourceful is an agnostic skill that any child could benefit from because it teaches them that whether you know this or you don't, you have this method and this process that you will use to figure it out on your own. Awesome. Great advice. I love the message. Brandon Hampton, I got to say thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time right here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. All right. Stay tuned for a special upcoming guest announcement. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Brandon Hampton for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me a DM over on Instagram or hit me on Facebook. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And for those of you who stuck around to find out the upcoming guest on the show, WWE superstar Titus O'Neil will be joining me here for an upcoming episode. So please... Lock it into the podcast. That's going to be a great one. Tell every dad in your neighborhood or in your contact list about the podcast here. Let's keep First Class Fatherhood's celebration of fatherhood and family life rolling right along here. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feeling so.